right, let's, let's take our Bibles today and turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and um, continuing in the book of Luke and in the um, earthly life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Starting in <coughs> chapter 4. And verse 1, let's just read the first four verses and then we'll pray and then get into the message and uh, Lord willing we'll cover the first 15 verses of this chapter um, regarding the temptation of Christ. Luke 4 verse 1, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father and our God, we're thankful for this day. Thank you for this opportunity we have to look into thy word. And Father, by the grace of God and by the Spirit of God, uh, my desire is to uh, proclaim a message of Jesus Christ and as he faced the temptation of the devil. Father, we know that he's real. Uh, the devil is doing his work today and, and no doubt he knows that his time is running out and I anticipated opposition today. And so please, Lord, give us victory today even bringing the message and uh, hopefully there are those listening on the phone and later on will tune in or listen on sermon audio to hear this most important message from God's word and so help us we pray for those that are not able to be here today we know some are not feeling well and father we it is certainly um, possible that uh, Satan has hindered today we pray that that's not the case, uh, but Lord, we're realistic about his working and even in this day, and so God help us today to gain it light and insight through the scriptures, and we pray these things in Christ's precious name, amen. So, as I look around today, I see a bunch of us have glasses. That means that we have some kind of eye trouble. <laughs> But do we have eye trouble? I don't mean E-Y-E, -E, I mean capital I, all right? Let's turn to the book of Isaiah. Lucifer did. Uh, Lucifer had eye trouble. And so in the book of Isaiah, I want to go there this morning, chapter number 14, and this should be familiar, but I wanted to, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this part, but I do want you to notice with me in this passage, Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse number 12, um, there are five I am's, or I wills, I should say, uh, that Lucifer said in his heart. And I find it interesting that uh, Jesus Christ is the I am. The Gospel of John, it mentions several things where he is the I am. Well, Lucifer's desire of, a, of, a, of heart was basically to overthrow God and take God's place. And so he wanted to be the I am. So in this passage, notice 
there are five things, starting in verse 13. Let's start there. For thou, the Bible is speaking about Lucifer, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And that's talking about that heavenly congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And we know from Scripture that to be like the Most High would mean to depose the Most High because there can only be one Most High. If there's two, then there is not. There's none. So that was Lucifer's design and desire to overthrow God. And of course, um, he, came, he, he became the devil. He became Satan. We don't need to turn, but Ezekiel 28.14 also calls Lucifer the anointed cherub that covereth. So apparently and evidently, Lucifer was the highest angel, even higher than Michael or higher than Gabriel. The fact that he covereth is the idea that he had some responsibility at the throne of God. It's also suggested that he was placed over the universe to, to do God's will, to be God's, kind of God's, you know, assistant, if you will, over the universe. Well, the Bible says that uh, according to, or because of his beauty, he was proud of his beauty, and he was dissatisfied with his God-given place. He rebelled and became Satan, the devil, the opponent, the chief opponent of God, an adversary to God's people. Now, in contrast to that, please turn for a moment to Psalm 40. See, just a couple of places, two places we'll look at regarding our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, who was and is the Most High, um, God in the flesh, we know that. Um, Psalm 40, notice starting there in verse 6, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened, Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Now that passage of scripture is quoted in the book of Hebrews, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan, Lucifer, wanted his way, the Lord Jesus was wanted God's way. Now take a look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 regarding um, the Lord Jesus Christ, his attitude, if you will, his spirit. Um, Philippians chapter number 2. And listen to what it says. Very Again, a very familiar um, passage of scripture, but verse 5 Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you. He's writing to the believers in Philippi and, and by application to us. Let this mind or this mindset, this 
strife, if you will, this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, that is the very essence of God, that's what he was. We know that. He's the Lord of glory. Um, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So unlike Lucifer who wanted to steal what, what belonged to God, Jesus did not need to do that because he already had it. But what did he do? He made himself, verse 7, of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And notice it says, even, that is, the death of the cross. In that day, the most horrible death a person could suffer. So what the Bible is saying about the Lord Jesus Christ is that he was the Most High. He was in the form of God, but didn't consider that something to be grasped and held on to, but came, you know, took upon him the form of servant, made himself of no reputation. Everything that he was in heaven, he laid aside much of that. He laid aside the glory. Came to earth. Humbled himself. Um, um, he, it took upon him the form of a servant. In other words, a, law, a slave. That's what Jesus did. And, uh, and, and it went all the way down. And that's the idea of this passage of scripture. That he humbled himself as much as anybody could ever humble himself to go to the cross. Right? Hebrews said, despising the shame. Now, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see the contrast? You see that, yes, Lucifer had a high place too, but he wanted to go higher. And he wasn't content. He was dissatisfied and all that. And the Lord Jesus Christ was there. And he came down. You know, Jesus would later say, and we'll get to that maybe someday in the book of Luke, uh, Jesus said, He that exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now Jesus Christ humbled himself and was exalted. Lucifer exalted himself and is abased. All right? In fact, he is the most base creature now in the universe. He is. Now, all right. So, um, now let's go back to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 and take a look at a little bit about uh, Jesus as he's tempted in the wilderness. All right? The Lord Jesus Christ tempted in the wilderness. And um, we'll just take a look at some things here that I hope will be a help to us. Because we are all tempted by the devil. We're all tempted either by him directly or by his demons. And they're all over the place, all right? We, and we don't need to necessarily give that too much attention. I don't want to give, I don't ever want to give Satan more attention than the Bible does. Um, but we do need to be aware. And I think and a lot of people are not aware 
of what's tap, what's going on. Um, even believers, and I tell you, and when somebody uh, first comes to know the Lord, a new baby Christian, is I think I've always done this. I don't think I've ever forgotten to do this. I always pray for a new believer. God, please protect them from Satan's temptation until they're strong enough in the Lord to handle it. And I and I, I really think God does that. But anyway, but the devil's after all of us, every one of us. All right? He wants to get us. He wants to stop us. He wants to do anything he can. In fact, he wants to destroy us. He can't, you know, he can't take away our salvation. He can't take away our soul. He can't take away our spirit. But he's capable of dis- of destruct destroying our lives. And he wants to do that. And uh, anyway, there's many ways. I'm not, I don't know how much, how, how, how this is all going to develop right yet. I don't, you know, I'm going to just ask the Lord to direct. We may have some other messages in this, on this area, but we'll see. But for today, I really just want to focus on how Jesus Christ handled the temptation. All right? And so, let's go there. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, And Jesus, notice this, being full of the Holy Ghost. In other words, under the full influence and control of the Holy Spirit. He returned from Jordan. Right? He was baptized there. And was, notice, led by the Spirit, capital S, into the wilderness. So, Again, it wasn't the devil who tried to get Jesus into the wilderness. No, he was led there by the Spirit of God. And so, one of the things I would just submit to us today is if we are going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to be led, obviously, we're going to be led, generally, we're going to be led to go into Satan's territory. Okay? Now the Bible says that he is the God, the little g, God of this world. And so if we're going to go anywhere out there, we're going to be in, you know, we're going to physically enter his territory, his domain. And God wants that. I mean, that's why the Bible talks about it. A few Sunday nights ago, we had a message on the, the armor of God. And that's why God gave us the armor. The Bible says that you may be that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So He knows that we're going to be out there. We're supposed to be out there, all right? And we're supposed to go to, to war. And so here's Jesus. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse two, being forty days tempted of the devil, all right? Forty days tempted. So he was there for that length of time, and during that time, he was tempted. And Mark, the chapter, Mark chapter one says he was with the wild beasts. Right, so he's out there in the desert wilderness. And in those days, he did eat nothing. So basically, fasting forty days in the desert. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Right, so um, he was hungry. As a human, as a man, 40 days without food made him hungry, just like it would make anybody hungry. And so that's the setting. That's God led him to be there. So therefore, God also orchestrated the circumstances. It was the Lord God, his Father, who not only led him to the wilderness, but led him to be there 40 days and to go without food. 
That's what he's hungry. So temptation number one, stones to bread. And the devil said unto him, If, here's the challenge, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. So he's appealing, the devil is, um, to the needs of the body. And again, I don't know how far the Lord would have us to take this in the days ahead, but that corresponds to the lust of the flesh, the desires of the body. In this case, something very legitimate, bread, food, right? And so he commanded, that's the challenge. Jesus answered him in verse 4, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All right? So he's, what he, how he responded, well, first of all, he responded with the scriptures by the word of God. There's a lot of people today that love, like to go around rebuking the devil. That's taught in the Pentecostal church. Go to rebuke the devil, rebuke the devil, rebuke the devil. Isn't it interesting that Jesus did not rebuke the devil? He said, it is written. He used the word of God against the devil. Now, that, to me, that says volumes. If the, the almighty Son of God relied on the word of God... How much more should we? You know, I just think sometimes we as human beings are just so presumptuous and so proud, and even in that, even in that idea of going around rebuking the devil. Now, one of my favorite—I've never met him. Obviously, he died long before he was born. But one of my favorite characters I've read about is Evangelist Billy Sunday. Great work, God used him greatly. But you know what happened? Billy Sunday got so he was always rebuking the devil. And there was one time in particular where a message, he took off his shoe and he threw it at the devil. He said, I've got you beat. And it wasn't very long after that that some really serious things came into his life, including his son becoming a drunk and just all kinds of things like that. So it's really not wise to go around challenging the devil. That's just stupid. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not a good word. Brutish, that's what the Bible says. It's, it's not smart to go around challenging the devil. And that's why a lot, you know, I don't know, that seems like that's why a lot of things happen to people who brag about their power over Satan. We have no power. We have no power over the devil except God and his word. Okay, we don't have power. So don't, if the, don't, let, him, don't let that sly snake even suggest in your mind that you and I have power over him. Just not true. Not true. And I could name names of preachers that have fallen to deep sin who bragged about their power over the devil. All right? We, got, we just we can't do that. Jesus didn't do that. All right? Now, the second thing about it, it is written, so we use the scripture, we know the Bible, that man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, it's not just physical food, but, and that word but puts things into perspective. Though by every word of God. So our life is to be guided by scripture. We're to live by the word of God and we're to have the, I love the attitude of Job in the midst of his suffering. He says, I esteem thy word better than my necessary meat. Now that's, that's what he, that's what Jesus is talking about here. That this, this right here, this Bible is more important for our life than our food 
and God knows we need food. That's why Jesus would later said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, all, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And in that chapter, Jesus is talking about food and raiment and our lot in life, our stature, so on. God fears everything else. But it's backwards. I mean, our society obviously can't expect, can't expect the ungodly to live godly. But anyway, even for many who profess to be Christians, it's we seek, it's seek first everything else. And if there's any time left, I'll give it to God. And that, that's just, that, then, then, then wonder why people have so many problems today, you know. But Jesus said, no, every word of God, every word of God. So he, uh, and so a third thing about that is this. If the Lord Jesus would have done what Satan wanted him to do, he would have been following the devil instead of God. And that would have been a sin in, in Jesus' life. And, and of course he didn't. Thank God he didn't do that. And so, I'll just say it again, if we go on to the next temptation, there is a temptation to put worldly things, earthly things, even things that are not wrong, to put those ahead of God in our life. So, that's number one. Well, that's, no, that's all we need to say about that. Temp- temptation number two, devil says, worship me. Now that, obviously, that goes back to Isaiah. When he said, I will be like the Most High, I will exalt my throne. You know, I want to be worshipped. I believe, according to scripture, that the number one thing about God is that he, he desires to be worshipped. Right? He created us to worship him. He created the universe to bring glory to him first and foremost. Right? Before anything else, God wants us to worship him. And so the devil said, I'll be like the Most High. Okay? So anyway, let's see what it says. Here's some of a, just a glimpse into some of Satan's ability. I mean, it's warped, it's perverted, it's wicked, but he has power, he has ability. So verse 5, and the devil... Taking him up, that is taking Jesus up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. In other words, in, a, in, in that particular realm, the physical realm, the kingdoms of the world, he showed them all to the Lord Jesus. Now, did he use any kind of special things? The Bible doesn't say, but he, he showed them the, all the world, all the kingdoms. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. Now the word power is the idea of rulership, authority. He said, I'll give you all, give you all the all the dominion. That's what he's saying. And the glory of them uh, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Alright, now whenever we say anything the devil says we, there's, it's, there's lies there right because the Bible Jesus said he's a, he's a liar and the father of it so he's never he's never true he never tells the absolute truth there's always something in there alright um, now it's true that the Bible says that he is the small g God of this world but not because he earned it not because he gained it but because God allowed him and so, yeah, it's debatable. Because Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar that God sets up kings and removeth kings. 
and he gives it to the basest of men. So I, I don't know. I don't see in the scripture where the devil really has any kind of authority like that. God, God ultimately. I, was, I used to wonder when I was a kid, when I, when I started to know the Lord and, and started to learn the Bible, I love to think about these earthquakes and storms and everything, and I used to think that the devil controlled the weather. Then I read in the Bible, stormy wind fulfilling my word. God sending tempests and earthquakes and all those kinds of things. And so, anyway, but so whatever, we know the devil was lying to the Lord, but that's really not the main thing here. Um, he says, I'll give it, if, verse 7, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Now, let's think about that for a minute. There's, there's always a there's a there's a there's a a surface thing, you know. There's a, the obvious thing a lot of times, and then there's the underlying thing. Now let me give you an, a, a biblical example. Then we'll come back to this. In the book of Acts, chapter six, a murmuring arose between two groups of people, the Grecians and the Hebrews, and the the uh, the, the Greek the Greeks were complaining because their widows were being neglected in the daily giving of food. So that's the surface problem. But that wasn't the real problem. That wasn't the real situation. Because the, the apostles, when they got wind of it, they gathered everybody together and said, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So the real issue, the real problem was the temptation to get the apostles to stop, to leave the ministry and go take care of the feeding. And so they appointed the seven men to take care of the issue. See, the, the underlying problem was distraction from God's word. So in this case right here, there is the, the appeal that the devil makes to the Lord outwardly. I'll give you all the kingdoms if you worship me. That was not Satan's real intent. Satan's real intent was this. You can have the crown without the cross. Take it now. And one of Satan's designs and plans, and we see it throughout the Gospels, was to keep Christ from going to the cross. Because he knows, the devil knows, what that will do and what it did do. And so he's saying to Jesus, you, know, you can have it now, I'll give it to you right now, and you don't have to do this awful thing that God sent you to do. So what did Jesus say? Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. See, he appeals to the scripture. Thou shalt, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, and so, <clears throat> get thee behind me is the idea that the, the Lord is saying to the devil, Get into your place. Get, you know, and, and get, out, get out from in front of me, get out of my face, get, just get behind me where you belong. You might be the little G God of this world, but I am the God of the universe, and I will not worship you. And he quotes the scripture, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. By the way, if I forgot to mention that verse 4 is a quote from Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Verse 8 is quoted, is, is quoted, in, or, or quoted from, rather, Deuteronomy 6.13 and Deuteronomy 10.20. Uh, now, there is 
something, an application for us, a, a, a something for us to realize, and that is Satan works to get humanity to ignore the hereafter and only focus on the here and now. And that's the idea when the Bible talks about those people who say, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Live for today. That's, that's exactly what the devil was telling the Lord. And so that's one of his great temptations. And he is a master at making this world so appealing and so alluring to try to get people, I mean, obviously, to keep the unsaved unsaved so they can go to hell. But also to take Christians, get us so wrapped up in the world that we, we're, we're, we're not effective. And it's a snare, okay? He tries to trap us. Maybe in, no, I'm gonna, in, in, in things that are not necessarily sin. I understand God, you know, the devil uses drugs and alcohol and all kinds of things to ruin people's lives. But yet he uses good things, so-called good things like work and other things, to keep people away from, from living for the Lord, from look, embracing the things of eternity. But the, Jesus would not do that. And again, he went to the scriptures, to the word of God. Now, and again, in blessed contrast, Hebrews 1.6 says, And again, when he bringeth his first begotten in the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him, worship Christ. Again, proving that he is God, because even as Jesus said here, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So, and Jesus, when he was on earth, accepted worship. And that he couldn't, he couldn't, and wouldn't have done that if he wasn't God. All right. Third temptation number three: cast thyself down. All right. Verse nine: He brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. There was a high spot on the roof of the temple. And said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. In other words, basically, that if you're the Son of God, jump off. Just, you know, step off. And why? Because who? It is written, the devil said. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, he's basically saying to, the, to Jesus, if you're the Son of God, just step off. Just jump off. Bible says God will take care of you. We sang that hymn this morning. God will take care of you. Now, let's. I want us to go back. Keep your place here. Okay, coming back. But I want us to see what Psalm. He's quoting the devil. Quotes Psalm ninety-one. So let's go back there. I mean, it's a, it's a psalm that has been tremendous, uh, a tremendous encouragement, comfort, and help to millions down through the centuries, and rightly so. But I want us to show you. I want to see, or show you. I mean how the devil misused the word of God. To me, it's pretty obvious how he did that. Psalm 91, verse 11. Now, you talk about, you, you may have heard that, I hope you've heard the warning about taking scripture out of context. 
That's exactly what the devil... This is a classic example of taking Scripture out of context. And what do you mean by that? I don't know if you all understand what it means. But it means to take a verse or a couple verses, take them out of where they are, and isolate them and use them as a, as a, as a sole truth rather than considering what else is in the passage. In the, the Bible, we must interpret the Bible contextually. What, in other words, where is it written and, and so on. So here's what he says. For he, verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. But he left out verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now class, who's the dragon in the Bible? Satan. So of course, the devil left out that verse. Alright? And Jesus did trample the devil underfoot. He, he bruised his head. Alright? So let's go back. Back to Luke, please. On Luke 4. Verse 12, Jesus answered, answering, said unto him, It is said, in other words, in the scripture, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the word tempt here is an interesting word. It means to put to the test, but it means to test to the extreme. And I... Tempting God is the idea of presuming upon God, claiming miraculous intervention, or challenging his power to the extreme by foolish actions. Right, think about it. Let me read that again. Tempting God is the idea of presuming upon God, claiming miraculous intervention, or challenging his power to the extreme by foolish actions. Oliver B. Green wrote that, and then he wrote this, Do not expect God to deliver thee from the results of foolish actions on thy part. And I wrote in my notes, well said, Dr. Green. In fact, the Bible warns about those who are reckless and who take unnecessary risks and, uh, um, and expect God. See, the devil was twisting the scripture like I've heard people twist scripture. Doesn't matter what I do, God will get me out of it. No, see, that's just wrong. That's tempting God. In fact, the Bible says Israel tempted God in the wilderness. We hate this manna. Give us meat. That's tempting God. Because you're, and I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like you're putting God on the spot. It's almost like we make, we force, almost force God to make a decision. And if Jesus were to jump off the temple, the Father would say, okay, what, what do I do? Do I rescue my son or do I let him fall to the earth because he did something that wasn't very smart? And, you know, I don't, I don't know if we, if we understand that and take that seriously enough. Um, you know, we need to be guided by the Word of God. And one of the reasons that the book of Proverbs is in the Bible to keep us from, from go, uh, going outside 
what that which is wise. And so a lot of times in the book of Proverbs, it, it, it is a, 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 a difference between right and wrong or sin and righteousness, but not always. Something can, could necessarily not be sin, but not be wise. Okay? So that's, what the, that's the idea. In fact, um, by the way, when he showed the kingdoms, that's, like, that's the lust of the eyes. He wanted Jesus to be attracted by what he saw and wanted and then the, this particular one would correspond to the pride of life. I mean, the devil says, just if to, and I mean, he's, in his mind, in his, his temptation of the Lord is, you know, you want to make a name for yourself? What better way? I mean, just think what the people, when they see you jump off and, you know, you just kind of float down to the earth and the, and the Lord God takes care of you. Man, what a spectacle. Well, that's what got the people of Babel in trouble when they said we'll make a name for ourselves. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to make a name for God. So anyway, and the devil said, it is, I mean, sorry, the devil said, do this, you know, jump off. Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. All right, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So Jesus began his ministry after the devil tempted him. And Luke talks about it more, and so does Matthew. Like I said, we'll see um, where, where to go from here. But I do want us to look at two, uh, three more verses, and then we're done. The book of Hebrews, let's take a look there. Hebrews chapter 2. The temptation of Jesus. By the way, first of all, it was necessary for him to be tempted, to be confirmed in righteousness, to be our Savior. Because Adam was tempted by the devil. He sinned. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible refers to Jesus as the last Adam. And one of those things means that he had to be tempted as well. And like, So uh, Adam was confirmed in sin. Jesus was confirmed in righteousness because he didn't sin. So Hebrews 2.18, just a simple statement. Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor, or in other words, to help though them that are tempted, right? He's able to help us. He gives us, he can give us power. Ask, all right? Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And those points would be like those three things. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Uh, all points. Yet without sin, he never sinned. There, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And in the context here, that, may, that time of need is when we're tempted. And we are. Every day we're tempted. All right? Um, James chapter 4. Let's go there. James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
fact, let's look up back up to verse 6. But he, that's God, he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Right? That's, and of course, Lucifer was proud. And God resisted him, and still is. But give grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And in the passage in Peter where it talks about the devil like a roaring lion, seeking whom who may devour, the next verse says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Right? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I think we might go, we, I think we really need to spend some more time in this. I'll pray for me and I'll pray for the Lord's direction. But there's some simple, there's some neat, some things we can see from the animal world that really can help, you know, help us to see what Peter's writing about. But anyway, but, we, but resist the devil, it says. He will flee from you. All right, so that's it. That's where we're, we're stopping. So um, God is able. He'll help us if we trust him. And we need, you know, we need to, to be careful where we're going and, and what we're doing um, so that we don't give the devil an opportunity to bring temptation. Um, but again, we're to walk confidently in the Lord. Um, I want to say that one last thing and before I pray. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us to be afraid of the devil. The Bible tells us to be aware of him, to resist him, and, and to, to submit to God. All right? Fear the Lord. All right? That's what he says. Father, thanks for this time that we can have in the word of God. Bless your word to our hearts, to our lives. We thank thee that we have an all-powerful Savior. And as John wrote to those dear believers, he said, Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And we thank God for that. Thank you for your help even this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, let's take our hymn books and uh, we'll turn to number 364. Um, 364. And let's stand together. We're just gonna, we'll sing these three verses. Um, and before we sing it all, um, verse 2 says, shun evil companions and so on. And I want you to re remind us, I think we know this already, but this is, this ver that verse is not saying we should have no, un no contact with the ungodly. We're supposed to witness to them and try to lead in Christ. What it means is don't join in with their evil activities. We're not supposed to be companions to the world. All right? In fact, James said that whoso who, who will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Right. Anyway, let's sing. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some other to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passion subdue. Look ever to Jesus, he'll carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Shine.
companions bad language disdain God's name hold in reverence nor take it in vain be thoughtful and earnest kind-hearted and true look ever to Jesus he'll carry you through ask the Savior to help you comfort strengthen and keep you he is willing to aid you he will carry you through to him that overcometh god giveth a crown through faith we will conquer though often cast down he who is our savior our strength will renew look ever to jesus he'll carry you through ask the savior to help you comfort strengthen and keep you he is willing to aid you he will carry you through all right amen father we're thankful for thy promises to us and your of protection and power over the evil uh, of the of the world and even the flesh and the devil help us to walk with thee dear lord and again we pray for those that uh, we're, not, we're not able to be here today please, please watch over them and be with your people throughout this country and around the world that this day would be a day of great victory for the cause of christ and for his and, and for his honor and glory and we pray in jesus name amen <coughs>